It's Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to start in verse 1. This is what the scripture records. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes, and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples, in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed and made. As we dive into the scriptures together this morning on this New Year's Eve as a community, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift to come to your word. Uh, We thank you that whatever we came in here today believing or thinking about you, living in one true God, or believing and thinking about ourselves or about church or uh, the doozy that will be 2024, uh, we just thank you that you look at us, you see us, you know us intricately, you desire to speak to us right now. So just ask that we would encounter your presence today. We'd know your voice, we'd experience you, that we would just be still for a moment enjoy you, delight in you, not be in a hurry with whatever we got for the rest of today or the celebrations of tonight, but we just be right here right now. We just thank you. We honor you today. We love you. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, all the beloved said. Amen. Quite a few uh, years ago, I had the amazing opportunity to work on staff at this camp up in British Columbia. And one of the areas I worked, I got the gift to oversee uh, what was called the high ropes course. Uh, and basically, it's this obstacle course up in the sky and the trees, and you're all harnessed in, and it's absolutely awesome. Uh, in the beginning, it starts out pretty low to the ground and is fairly easy, but as the ropes course goes on, uh, it gets higher and higher, and the obstacles, they get harder and harder. Uh, but the end of it was my absolute favorite part. Uh, we called it the leap of faith. Uh, And it was the final platform of the ropes course. uh, And it was the only way down. Uh, And you had to jump. You could jump out and like try to grab this bar way off in the distance. Or you could just jump off. But there was no other way down. Uh, You had to jump. uh, And you had to trust that it was all going to be okay. Facilitating the ropes course on day five of camp was my favorite day of the week. uh, Because I got to see a little over 300 young people come through the ropes course. Uh, And I got to interact with all of them, uh, get to know them, hear how their week at camp had been going, and then watch them with great anticipation as they approached the final platform to do the leap of faith. Uh, And some of them did it with ease. Uh, Others of them did it with a little hesitation. Uh, And then some of them were absolutely terrified. Uh, And my favorite ones were the ones who were absolutely terrified. Uh, And they would get there, and they would look over the edge, and they would just be like, no way am I going to do this. But a little bit of time went by, and it was amazing summer, but I'll never forget this one moment. There was this thing called the assignment team that would be up at camp, and sometimes they got to let their little kiddos go through the obstacle course, the ropes course. Uh, And there was this little eight-year-old girl who wanted to go through it. And we were like, yeah, sure, all the campers have gone through, so you go ahead. 
So she gets all harnessed up and she starts going and she's just like killing it. Like just absolutely moving and shaking through this thing. And it's like, wow, this girl's not afraid of anything. This is awesome. Uh, and then she gets to the end, the little leap of faith part where she has to jump. And she looks over the edge and she just starts crying. And it was like, oh, no, this is about to be bad. And I'm at the bottom of the ropes course, like the one in charge of like belaying her down when she's going to jump. And so like I'm trying to encourage her like, oh, you got this. You're going to be great. Like you're born for greatness. You're the beloved of the most high God. She's like, shut up. No. And it's like screaming and crying. She's like holding on to the tree. And I'm like, man, we should just like push her. <laughs> like we should just give her like a little, just a little, little nudge. Like, I, like, I'm exhausted at this point. The day has, like, gone on for a little too long. And she just, like, stays up there. And she's up there for an hour. And she's just holding on to this tree. And the staff and I are trying to, like, help her get down. And we're like, okay, well, like, let's just walk all the way through, like, the other side of the ropes course. Like, let's just go backwards. And she's like, no, I'm not moving. And we're like, oh, my gosh, like, what are we going to do? And I start, like, pulling on the rope just to see, like, maybe I can just, like, pull her off the tree. Like... <laughs> It's like, <clears throat> this is not working very well. Like, I need a juice box. I'm annoyed. Like, this is not, this is not going how I want it to go. Uh, and then her dad is somewhere on the property, but we, like, can't locate him. And then finally, after the hour goes by, dad catches wind of what's going on. He runs to the ropes course. He comes to the bottom of the platform to where I am, and he looks up at her, and he says, it's okay. Dad's here. You can jump. And immediately, she jumps. Comes down, says, that was so fun, Dad. And I'm like, really? <laughs> wow. But it was wild. She heard her father's voice. Something deep within her had enough courage to jump. The scripture of what we just read says, But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, he who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Do you know the Father's voice today? Do you know the Heavenly Father's voice today? Do you know that that's what He says to you? That our God created us, formed us intricately and uniquely, but He also redeems us, calls us by name, and claims us as His own. And before we dive into the rest of this passage, and before we step into the new year together, are we aware as a church family and as a community together that this is our reality? That that is who our Heavenly Father is? That no matter what your life moment is looking like right now as you step into the new year, whether it feels like you're doing it with ease, or maybe it feels like you're doing it with a little hesitation, or maybe you're absolutely terrified, as you go to jump, the only thing that the Heavenly Father is saying towards you, the one who created you, the one who forms you, fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. That do you know that because of Jesus and our faith in Him, by His grace and His blood and mercy that covers us, that this is our reality? And that it's not feel-good Christianity. It's the character of Christ Jesus. Do you know he knows your name? Do you know that he claims you as his own? Not just in some theory or abstract thought. Not in the din of a billion other names. No. You. 
You are his son. You are his daughter. And Heavenly Father flat out loves you. And whether you're clinging onto a tree rather tightly right now in life, screaming and crying on the inside, man, with the Father's voice give you enough courage to jump. Have the leap of faith to trust in this love. Because verse 7 of this passage that we just read says, He created you for His glory. Are you experiencing His glory? Are you living in the reality of that? Are we together living in this reality? Where do you need healing? He's the healer. Where have you been betrayed? He's only ever loyal. Where is there sorrow? He's in the midst of it with you. Not just trying to drag you out of it and push you into joy or patch you up with half-truth and easy answers. No. He's with you in the sorrow. Where are you weak? Where are you weak that no one else knows you're weak? He promises to be strength. And it's not feel-good Christianity. It's the character of who our God is. But do you know his voice? Do you know the voice that made all of this and is still speaking here and now? Do you know his voice? Are we listening to his voice? Not just in church or in a churchy setting or a program about some religious sort. No. All the early disciples of Jesus, you know what they did? They walked with him. They ate with him. They drank with him. They worked with him. They slept near him. They woke with him. It wasn't just ministry moments or good Bible plan reading. It was normal stuff. Christ Jesus consumed all of their life. You become like who you hang around, right? No wonder Jesus' invitation was always follow me, abide in me, remain in me, come to me. As the body of Christ, we want to become like Christ Jesus, right? Are we hanging around him? Do we know his voice? Do we know it so well? That even in the midst of absolute fear and terror, that we would jump into his loving arms. Are we hanging around him? Let's not let our New Year's resolution be to make more time for God. To make more time to know and hear his voice. Let's not fit him into our schedules this New Year. Let's revolve our schedule around him. Do all that we do in him, through him, for him, and with him. We are created for his glory. His voice is the only true and faithful guide, the only one who redeems, heals, and restores, the one who knows your name and calls you his own. Are we aware together as a community that this is our reality? Are we living lives that look like it? Are we living lives that trust in the character of who our God is? That's what these next few verses are about. The living God, he's banking all all of it on his character. In this moment, the people of Israel, they are in exile in Babylon. And they've ignored the living God who absolutely loves them. And they've tossed away the commandments and felt no guilt or error in their sin. And they keep choosing everything else other than the one true God who desires to lead them into flourishing in life. And in the result of choosing everything else, they lose everything. Israel, the people of God, are in exile. And it seems dark and it seems hopeless. But as is the Lord God's character and the redemption plan of humanity, the one who's merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, the Savior, he steps into the story. 
and he promises redemption. The first thing God does is remind the people who created them, who formed them. He tells them not to fear, for he's redeemed them. He calls them by name, and even in the midst of their sin, even in the midst of them choosing everything but God, God says, I still claim you as my own. I still love you. But then Yahweh, the living God, our Lord and God, he says this incredible thing. He says this absolutely incredible thing. He speaks of his faithfulness and character in the past. And also at the same time, declares his faithfulness and character that will always be and is to come. Those are the next verses. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God. The Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for your life. God says to the people of Israel and to us here and now, I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. But don't just let those be cheap words that you hear. Let me back it up with my character. Remember when you were in slavery in Egypt and I delivered you? Maybe you and I are familiar with the story. The people of Israel, they're being oppressed by the Egyptians. And then Moses comes to deliver them by the mighty hand of God. And as recorded in Exodus, after the plagues, Pharaoh says, fine, you can leave. But then a little bit later, he changes his mind and he sends the Egyptian army after the people of Israel. And there's this absolutely wild moment as recorded in the scriptures where the whole nation of Israel is about to be crushed. Because there's no way through. The Red Sea is in front of them. The army of Egypt is behind them. And they're going to get them. And when the Israelites see the Egyptian army, they're afraid. But then the pillar of fire and the cloud separate the Israelites and the Egyptians. And then God, he commands Moses to take his staff and hold it over the water. And the Bible records that the waters part. And the Israelites walk through on dry land with waters on either side of them. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. It's not feel-good Christianity. It's the character of our God to take care of his people. Do you know that you are his people? Do you know that he makes a way where there is none? Not just in your current situation or circumstance, but do you know that he made a way for us to live when the only other option was death? That's Colossians 1. The Bible records in you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. The water's parting in the biblical story with Moses and the people of Israel That story is pretty awesome. But do you know the depths at which the one true God made a way for us? His people to receive the promised land of his presence forevermore. That he makes a way where there is none by the cross of Christ Jesus. That he parted the waters then, yes, and it speaks of his faithfulness and character. Absolutely. But he also declares his faithfulness and character that will always be and is to come. Because he parts sin and death forever. So us, his people, can walk in the freedom of his life and his light. That God says to the people of Israel and to us here and now, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. 
But don't just let those be cheap words you hear. Let me back it up with my character. In one account with Moses is pretty awesome parting the sea. But let me give you one more, the God man says. Remember the fiery furnace with good old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You might be familiar with the story, three sons of Judah, they're cast into a Babylonian fiery furnace because they would not bow down to worship idols. They instead stay faithful to the one true God and because of it, they're tossed in the fiery furnace. But in Daniel, the Bible recorded that they miraculously don't perish. They're miraculously sustained and not even the singe of their clothes. That the scripture even says, did not we cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. It's not feel-good Christianity. It's the character of our God to take care of his people. Do you know this morning that you are his people? Do you know this morning that it is his character to take care of you? In all of the fiery moments of this normal and ordinary thing called life. But not just in your current situation or circumstance, though. In the fiery furnace story, it is pretty awesome. It's one of my favorites. But do you know the depths at which the one true God was in the fire for us? His people, by the way of his cross? That because of Jesus, as he walks through the fire of death, we can be invited into life. That's Ephesians 2. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That he takes our sin so that we can have his righteousness. That's 2 Corinthians. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That yes, he's in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it speaks of his faithfulness and his character. Absolutely. But he also declares his faithfulness and his character that will always be and is to come. Because on the cross, he went through the fire of death. And he came out the other side. That God says to the people of Israel and to us here and now, I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. But don't let that just be cheap words you hear. Let me back it up with my character. Do you know his character? Do you know the reason that you and I can walk through the waters and pass through the fires and not be overwhelmed or consumed is because he has always and only ever been faithful to us. Do you know that in the next verses right after these, after he recalls his character to us, he again states who he is and how much he loves you. For I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. What waters are you in that feel overwhelming? What fire are you standing in right now that feels like it's burning? Do you know that you're precious in His eyes? Do you know that your God loves you? Do you know that it says that you will walk through the water? Do you know that it says that you and I will walk through fire? 
that it's not feel-good Christianity. It's called following Christ Jesus. That Jesus himself says to us, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That you and I, do we know as the body of Christ, the one who has overcome the world? That before we dive into the new year, are we aware as a community together of who our God is? That we are precious in his eyes. That he loves us. And that no matter the water or the fire, he is faithful. That his character is perfect and absolutely faithful to us. Do we know him? Do we know his voice? Are we living a life that looks like it? Loving people like we know the God of perfect love. Being with him. Like this is who he is and this is his character now and forevermore. The other day I'm hanging with Marvin, my two-year-old. And we're just hanging out and he keeps saying something to me and I can't quite figure it out. I'm not listening super well. I'm kind of distracted doing some other things. And he's saying something to me. I'm like, is it hit? Are you saying lit? Are you saying there's something under the door? No, that's not it. Are you... Are you saying flip? Are you saying kit? Are you saying something I can't say in church? Did you really take a, like, no. He, he points to the ground with his little tiny finger and he says, Dada, sit. And I sit down. I stop doing whatever seems so important that now in light is so unimportant. And I sit. I sit there for a good while and Marvin, he doesn't say anything else after that and we aren't doing anything we're just sitting a few moments go by he gets up only to come back with a handful of veggie straws to share and we just sit we just sit there not talking on the kitchen floor and I wonder if that's how this new year will be the most powerful for you and I that what if our lives were marked with that? Just sitting in the presence of the Father. Being stirred on by the Son to do so. Be still and know that I am God, the scripture says. Be still and know that I am God, he says to his church. You know, if you reduce that very famous passage down word by word, you understand the power of the gospel rather quickly. Be still and know that I am God. The God who has this kind of character. Be still and know that I am. That I am who I am. Be still and know that. That I will be with you when you walk through the waters. That I will be with you in the fire. That whatever comes, my cross is sufficient. Be still and know. Know my voice. Know my love. Know me. Be still and. And just sit in it. Rest in it. Kick your feet up on it. Be still. Be still long enough this, for this to catch your heart. Be still and not striving. And then the last one. Be. Just be. Could you imagine how powerful a church would be? If we were just found being, being overwhelmed and undone by his presence. How unproductive. You sure? 
Or have we just believed the lie for so long that we must be found striving? That to sit and be aware of God's immediate and completely loving presence seems to be now seemingly unimportant. Can I share some advice with you that my two-year-old gave me? Sit. It might just change your life. I think you and I, it could be a mix of both. Sitting in his presence and knowing his voice and then living a life that looks like it. Sitting in his presence, knowing his voice, and then going out and living a life that looks like it. Just sitting in his presence, knowing his voice, and then going out and living a life that looks like it. That's Jesus. The only thing Jesus loved more than being with people was being with his father. But every time after he sat with his father, he immediately went out and loved other people. You and I? Man, we can't love God and not love people. But we cannot love people if we have not sat with the Father. Do you know you're precious in his eyes? Do you know he loves you? Great! Go tell someone who doesn't know that truth so that they can come alive in it as well. Do you not yet know? Great. I'm sure someone here today would love to tell you the depths of God's delight for you. But as you and I, imperfect people, step into this new year together as a community, would we be undone by the character of our God? And we would have enough courage to jump and find ourselves sitting at the feet of the Father. Let's pray together this morning. Lord God, we love you. Oh, we thank you that you invite us into your presence just as we are. And we thank you that when we come into your presence, you desire for us to radically be changed and formed into the image of your son, Jesus. So we ask right here and right now, Holy Spirit, you would come. That you would transform our community in this new year. That we would be people who are marked with being found in your presence. That they would look for us and they would find us in your presence. That they would see us and they would see us loving people like you, Jesus. Would you help us to know your character? Come alive in who you are. Be still. Find ourselves just being. We love you. We give you all the glory. It's in your mighty name, Jesus. All the beloved said. Amen.